Sunnah wal Jamaah. This segment proudly brought to you by Capital Air. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh on this wonderful day of Yawm al this wonderful day of Monday. Well, in actual fact, you know what? It's Yom al That's actually Tuesday today because the sun is down. Yes, subhanAllah. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah, the sun. Day is getting shorter here in South Africa. Night's getting longer. And alhamdulillah, here in Lanasia, Johannesburg, we've had this lovely, gentle, intermittent rain the whole day. Uh, I just love it when the rains keep on falling, you know. Um, I'm always happy when it's raining. Uh, <laughs> it's not often an Irishman gets a chance to say that. Well, I'm not really an Irishman. I'm a South African. I have a South African passport. I don't have an Irish passport. I haven't applied for one. I'm the only sibling other than my one brother who hasn't applied for his Irish passport. I'm going to stick in this country. Yeah, I was born here. It would be nice for me to die here. Although Nabi Karim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did say that the further away from his birthplace a Muslim dies, the more tawab that comes to him. So I don't know. Maybe what is the opposite end of the earth from South Africa? If we dug a hole down from here, where would we come out? Huh? Would we come out somewhere in Siberia? I wonder. Hmm, I don't know. I've never tried it. <laughs> Ah, alhamdulillah, it's been a day of uh, rand resurgence. What a unique, what a, what a rare thing that is to say. Yes, it has been a day of rand resurgence, and that's because of old smoothies, smoothies, smoothies. Moody's, yeah, Moody's, uh, they did a Brexit on us uh, on Friday. Said, we're going to release, we're going to release our statement, we're going to release our statement. And then Friday comes, we're not going to release our statement. We keep our statement on ourselves. We're not going to release our statement. Just like the British, you know, we're going to leave the European Union. Then we, um, um, no, wait a minute. Uh, we're not going to really. No, we're going to. Well, well, alhamdulillah, we didn't have to vote on Moody's because if it had been left up to us to vote on Moody's, well, I wonder, would we be as bad as the British? You know, you vote on a thing 50,000 times and hope that it's going to change. Well, it didn't happen with uh, Theresa May on Friday, even even with an offer of resignation. Now the joke is going around the country for the first time in Britain's history. Uh, April, uh, May is going to end before April. Uh, oh, 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 very funny, yes. Well, there you go. It's, uh, it must be very difficult to eke out some humor in the midst of all of this, uh, you know. Uh, it's been going on and on and on and on, and we're still waiting for the British to leave the European Union. They were supposed to have left it on Friday. That was their, their, their date. Uh, and uh, they didn't do it. Um, now they're speaking about, now well, we want to be part of the, the economic union of Europe. We just don't want to be part of its uh, legislative discourse. Uh, unfortunately, it would appear that the Europeans see these two things going hand in hand. They want preferential status and all these kinds of things, and no deal has been agreed. And the European Union is just sitting there and shaking their heads, saying, oh boy, we thought we had problems with the Greeks. We thought we had problems with the Greeks. At least with the Greeks, we couldn't understand their complaints. <laughs> these Englishmen, oh boy. Ah, uh, well... Uh, thanks to Moody's, uh, the RAND is doing fantastically well today. 
uh, it forwent uh, giving uh, an opinion on the South African economy or our ability to repay our debts. Uh, it would seem it's still holding off until the May elections are over, and then it'll probably issue a statement. Um, what's going to happen after the May elections? I see a whole lot of Facebook and uh, social messages going around uh, purporting to be from people who are threatening to go on the rampage after the elections and they're going to kill people and I don't know it's, a, it's either it's either the foreigners in South Africa are threatening to go on the rampage and kill all the South Africans um, sure I didn't really realize there were that many Im- illegal immigrants in this country and uh, they must be very very angry by all accounts <clears throat> Either it was local South Africans threatening to burn other local South Africans. Well, there you go. You know, I wonder if America is ever going to reach the stage in its war on terror when it suddenly realized that in actual fact America is the biggest sponsor of terrorism around the world and it attacks itself. Oh, hmm, well, you know, South African democracy has got a lot, a lot to teach America. Uh, very, very little of it repeatable in front of your mother. Well, purchasing managers' indices have risen in the UK and fallen in South Africa for all the wrong reasons. More of that coming up a little bit late in the show. The US economy has shown ever more signs of stalling while Trump begs for lower interest rates. The tax man has collected 14.6 billion rand less than estimated last year, but it's not all bad news. The petrol price is set to rise yet again. Oh boy, you know... Um, yeah, well, um, well, you know, it's a, the petrol price is to rise again. And while Donald Trump is trying to make America great again, uh, part of it is actually built on uh, r- raising the petrol price so that American uh, fracking producers can uh, pay for the money for all the development costs. Um, America, of course, is pumping oil like crazy, while everyone else in the, all the other oil-producing regions are saying, no, we must cut back to try and increase the price. But in actual fact, America is the only one making money out of it. Mm. Well, doesn't that sound familiar? Flight delays across the U.S. as the system uh, controlling uh, takeoffs and landings across America crashes. One has to ask, is this cyber warfare? One has to ask as well, is ESCOM cyber warfare? I mean, uh, look, at, look at Nicolas Maduro in Venezuela. He's able to get away with it. Uh, you know, the whole, the whole country goes dark, boom, all the lights off in the middle of the night without warning. No one has said anything. There's no schedules for all of these things. The whole country just, boom, all the electricity is gone. Nicolas Maduro says, those Americans, they are attacking our infrastructure. And everyone says, oh, that's okay. Mm. <laughs> How long is it going to be before Silver Ramaphosa starts cuttling onto this? I wonder. Well, is ESCOM in actual fact? There's nothing wrong with all of us. All of our power stations, they're all perfectly fine. We've been taking on billions of rands worth of debt, uh, which has been the most odious kind of debt that is never should be repaid, according to Patrick Bond. I'd like to get on with the show sometime this week, hopefully. Uh, I want to discuss a whole lot of interesting issues regarding ESCOM. What is the possibility of South Africa launching quantitative easing? Huh? Why don't, instead of quantitative easing, isn't there some other way, you know, where we can kind of like put it on the retail side without the banks getting any of it? You know, like do the opposite of... Uh, of the United States. Um, <clears throat> I wonder. Uh, quantitative easing. Yeah. I see Oriani Rousseau of the United, of, uh, of its university. He's also suggested that, uh, you know, maybe South Africa is actually in a position. It's almost unique among uh, countries that are not uh, United States, Britain, France, 
China or Japan, the big five uh, economies of the world. Uh, we're, we're like almost uniquely positioned. We've got this huge, big mountain of cash of local savings. We can use that money to start doing quantitative easing. Ah, you know, ah, why don't we try that here in South Africa? Yeah, I'd like to discuss it with Patrick Bond, hopefully sometime this week. Or maybe Yanni Rousseau himself. Uh, I want to talk to Patrick Bond because he's made quite a few um, uh, cutting remarks about ESCOM and the debt that we've taken on from the World Bank. You see, when we take on loans from South African banks... We can pay them back and we can default on those loans and it doesn't do any problem to South Africa. But as soon as we take on an international loan, the uh, only way we can repay that loan is by sending the money back out of the country. And that's how the World Bank captures economies. That's how America, Britain and France capture economies. And one has to ask a question, is China actually going about trying to capture South Africa's economy? Uh, also, uh, because uh, some uh, Chinese loans have been done with full knowledge uh, of corruption. With full knowledge of corruption, it would seem. We, you know, through the Guptas and all of that, yeah, you know, all the usual miscreants. So one, needs, well, one should ask, maybe we can get the Chinese ambassador in on this. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good idea. Yeah, get them to discuss... <clears throat> Is China good for Africa? Is Chinese good? How does Chinese investment differ from World Bank investment? How do China loans differ from uh, the IMF loans? I see uh, the New Development Bank, which is actually the BRICS Bank, has gone and issued another whole lot of loans to ESCOM and some other parts of the South African government today. Uh, you know, and it's 10 billion rands, 20 billion rands. Uh, but some of them are like in uh, the, the, the the tens of billions of rands or maybe hundreds of billions of rands. And, uh, yeah, that is worrying because uh, that money has to leave the country. The interest has to leave the country. Uh, but so they, they're still small. I think they're still manageable. Uh, but the rate at which we continue taking these small little loans in bits and pieces, bits and pieces, uh, this is while, you know, there's basically an investment strike by uh, South Africa's banks regarding South African parastatals, well, most South African parastatals, not all of them are, are, are in the dog's box, uh, so to speak. Uh, and so now the government is wanting to in, in, introduce, like, um, the term is always slips my mind, you know, whether you you are obliged to invest in these government bonds, pension funds and so on. They have to dedicate 15 percent of their of their savings to South African bonds. That is something that's not unique to South Africa, however. Uh, you know, in America and all of these places, they also have these controls. I don't know if they specifically state that they must be invested in U.S. bonds, like U.S. pension funds, state pension funds, and like CalPERS and all of these kinds of things, Californian personal um, uh, pension funds and so on, whether or not they have to also invest in American bonds or if they can go and invest in Chinese bonds or U.S. bonds or so on. Uh, but yeah, uh, it it's, it's makes for a very interesting discussion. So Moody's has uh, agreed to, to give us a stay of execution, if we can put it that way. Uh, petrol price had to rise again for flight delays across the U.S. Carlos Ghosn, murky Arabian dealings, and Burger King with Marmite. Mm. Burger King has now introduced a new uh, plant-based patty, which is char-grilled, and you know, it's, um, or they, they 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 cook it the same way as you do a meat patty. 
but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be discussing that in a little bit more detail a little bit later in the show. Burger King with Marmite. Is that what it's all really about? Right, okay. So uh, having a look at ShareNet today. ShareNet says that the JSE All Share finished 1.15% up. That's largely thanks to that rebound in the RAND. Uh, local investors must have been climbing in then, I wonder, because it would have been more expensive for the international investors. Uh, so the JSE is up 1.15% today. The, uh, that's the All Share Index. The top 40 is up uh, 1.2% today. Uh, the dollar is currently trading at 14.21 to the dollar. Uh, on Friday, when we did the show, it was trading at. Uh, I've decided to keep track of these things. You see, uh, gold. Uh, well, gold today is trading at 129.55, and it's now 129.24. So it's gone up about 170. The rand is trading at 14.48. To the dollar on well on Friday it was trading at fourteen forty eight today it's on fourteen twenty one so that's a two percent recovery in just one day it's very nice uh, eighteen eighty seven to the pound on Friday today eighteen sixty five all right so that's um twenty two percent twenty two cents um, gain for the rand and it was on sixteen twenty four to the euro on Friday and today it's on fifteen ninety two. Isn't that very nice? The Japanese yen is still 13 cents to the to the rand. Uh, you know, our other um, basket currencies, uh, the Japanese yen is 13 cents to the rand. And in fact, the Turkish lira, strangely enough, actually gained against the rand today. Now, how does that make sense to you? How does that make sense to you? Turkey in all kinds of uh, currency crisis as uh, the United States banks try and uh, destroy that economy, uh, much like they do to South Africa. Uh, the Turkish lira gained today against us Iran. So, so today we like gained and the Turkish lira must also have gained. It's amazing. Um, Hmm? Moody's decides not to, uh, 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 or maybe maybe Moody's is on strike. Maybe Moody's was supposed to issue an opinion on Turkey on Friday as well, and then there was a strike. The strike fr- spread from the South African Revenue Services offices. <laughs> maybe Moody's has got an office above the South African taxman's offices in Pretoria, and uh, the, the the workers have been coming up and down, you know, carrying uh, messages hidden in the broom bucket and so on. Uh, the mop bucket, huh? You reckon maybe Moody's is on strike? Well, they, they they decided to come and settle a few workers here in South Africa. Next moment, the whole of Moody's across the whole world was on strike. They're supposed to issue an opinion on the Turkish economy on Friday. They didn't issue that one, and they didn't issue one. So both the Turkish uh, lira and the South African rand has gained today. Um, no, that's a little bit too much of an outlandish kind of explanation. It's just made up in my head. I never do that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Turkish lira gaining more than the South African rand. So, you know, well, you could say that uh, democracy is is good for a currency. They're having, uh, well, hopefully on May the 8th then, uh, the South African rand is also going to gain. You can get some futures now. Do some futures trading around for May 8. Um, if the Turkish lira can gain on an election when the government is looking doing very badly, um, looks like uh, Ankara and Istanbul have been, both been lost to the opposition. Uh, that's a major bloody nose for Erdogan because he used to be the mayor of Istanbul. That's his home turf. It's the president of the country, and he's lost his home turf to the opposition. The Australian dollar is trading at, uh, well, on Friday it was 10 rand 27. And uh, today, uh, 
Oh dear. Uh, yeah, old Shane, it doesn't do the Australian dollar. To get the Australian dollar, it's 10.10. Right, so we've, we've gained uh, 17 cents against the Australian dollar. Well, well done, South Africa. You all sounds all a pat on the back, and as for those Sakawa workers who managed to uh, get upstairs to the uh, the Moody's office above uh, the taxman's headquarters, well done, guys. Viva, viva. Yeah, well, okay. No, no, um, that's not really what happened. Um, I, 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 I'll try and find out, okay? Uh, tomorrow, inshallah, I'll try and find out why the Turkish lira... Uh, gained so much on the same day as the South African Rand. Uh, well, PMI data out of the uh, United Kingdom and South Africa going in opposite directions. Our seasonally adjusted purchasing managers index, which is basically the measure of goods that um, managers buy in preparation for the next coming for the coming months right so like say uh, you produce uh, plastic widgets or I wouldn't say plastic because I don't know what goes into plastic the phenols and phenols and polychlorinated biphenols and stuff and you know, all that kind of stuff I don't know what goes into plastic okay let's say that uh, you make brass doorknobs right and uh, you have to get brass now if you see a good month coming up if the, if the phone people the phone has been off the hook the whole month people wanting to order brass knockers uh, you then have to order a lot more brass because in next month, with this month's money, you expect to have more orders than this month. So you buy more brass uh, this month than you did last month because you expect next month, it's a leading indicator they call it because it's, it's leading the present. It's your expectation of the future, right? So that's why they call it a leading indicator. Uh, these economists, they come up with all these nonsense-like terms and so on. But anyway, just, just just go with it. Right, so because you need more brass to make brass doorknobs and knockers and whatever, you you th that means that you're feeling more confident. So you've increased the amount of your raw material that you usually have to, to buy. So uh, canners of pulchards, they, they order more uh, aluminium, you know. Uh, so you know that uh, the the, the, the pulchards makers are expecting to be selling more cans of pulchard next month. And so, yeah, that's what the Purchase Managing Index then does. It measures those inventories, the size of your orders that you're making for next month. And if you're increasing them, that means you're more confident. So anyway, the Purchasing Managers Index here in South Africa, it went down again last month. It's on around about 42. The measure, the, 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 the Furkan, the divider between uh, confidence and uh, no confidence, uh, optimism or pessimism, is 50, right? They put it on 50. So while well, we've been below 50 for a very long time, in fact, we're on 42.4. Uh, for a third consecutive month, the, the PMI fell, uh, hurt by a dip in business activity due to power cuts and lower new sales orders. Uh, otherwise, uh, it would appear we've, uh, we, we haven't been doing too badly as the South African economy. Uh, we rebounded from uh, a trade deficit in January to a surplus in February. Uh, now March, they're telling us, yeah, the Purchasing Managers Index are feeling very well. No, actually, it's gone down, but that due to power cuts and so on. If it hadn't been for that, maybe maybe we'd be, we'd be above the 50 mark. New sales orders index edge lower by 0.5 points to 42.4. The index fell to 45 points in March from 46.2 in February. Yeah, okay, so it's on 45. 
Okay, but that was because of ESCOM and so on, and it's not all our fault. Uh, retail price of petrol said to rise nearly 9% from April the 3rd. 9%. Eh, oh, that squeezes you, doesn't it? We're going to be paying 131 cents more. Petrol price again to 16 rand 13 a litre in Gauteng and 14.87 down in uh, the coastal areas because they don't have to pay for the for the piping to pump it up <clears throat> to pipe it up in our pipelines. Uh, you know you can't deliver the, the 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 petrol by aircraft or something train. We do it by pipelines. That's the cheapest method. But then that pipeline still costs something. So we pay more for petrol in the inland areas than the, the coastal areas do. Jeff Khadebe says the sharp increase was due to higher fuel and road taxes announced in February's budget. South African Revenue Services, the tax man today. Uh, well, obviously, so they're not on strike because they're still getting out their statements and they're still counting the money. Uh, said today that it had collected 1.287 billion rands or 1.2 trillion rands in tax for the financial year ended March uh, 31. Uh, but that was 15, rather 14.6 billion rand less than what was estimated in the budget that Tito Mbeweni presented in February. So, well, okay, so uh, 40.6 billion rand less. Uh, this is largely, that's not all bad. It's not all bad uh, because in actual fact, uh, this is as a result of um, uh, revenue refunds. Um, been a lot of complaints from taxpayers that the refunds are coming back slowly, most, particu most particularly VAT refunds. Uh, so anyone who's in business and like you know you pay your VAT on a regular basis, uh, there's always a little bit of overpaying. Uh, and when the taxman uh, divvies it all up, he says, "Okay, thing," and then returns that to you. When you fill in your tax return as an ordinary taxpayer at the end of the year, you get a refund. Well, these refunds have been slower and slower and slower and slower, coming slower and slower and slower. Uh, this has become a major problem, uh, and it would appear that the taxman has heard it. So that that is good news. It's 14, 14 billion rand less for the government to spend. Maybe that's good news as well. Okay, so the gross amount collected uh, was um, a little bit less, but I think it's something we can live with. Right, Burger King, known for its meaty excess, like it's a 1,150 calorie bacon king sandwich, ugh, ugh, is now selling a plant-based burger. The chain owned by Restaurant Brands International announced a test run for the burger in 59 restaurants in the St. Louis area. That's down in Texas, I think. Burger King says the sandwich will use patties from Impossible Foods. The Impossible Whopper is a flame-grilled burger like the regular Whopper <clears throat> and comes with standard tomatoes, lettuce, mayonnaise, ketchup, pickles and onion. Burger King is an unlikely adopter of the plant-based meat in the fast food industry. It already offers veggie patties made by Kellogg's Morningstar Farms. Impossible burgers, however, are designed to mimic meat by using the company's novel magic ingredient. They call it heme, produced with genetically modified yeast. Like, you know, we've never heard of Marmite. Huh? Huh? We've never heard of Marmite. We know that Marmite is made from yeast extract. We know that. Huh? Well, look, you know what? As long as they're not putting... Oxo or Bovril onto it, because that's made from cow's blood. Yuck. Right, so, okay, so now Burger King is selling a veggie patty hamburger with Marmite. All right, well, okay. 
All right, well, I'll get all excited about that. Um, well, the Americans have discovered Marmite. Like the British haven't been eating yeast extract on sandwiches for, well, ever since the First World War. In fact, in fact, uh, some of them have still got the original Marmite jars with the original Marmite because anyone who's, who's eaten Marmite knows that Marmite doesn't go off. You can leave it for years. In fact, um, in fact, you'll probably find that Burger King is probably going to discover that their mar- Marmite just doesn't run out. Well, yeah, okay, so veggie patties with Marmite. Uh, oh, well. well, the Americans think this is a new development. Um, we're going to have to go for a quick commercial break. Uh, please don't go away. Inshallah, a lot more coming up after this. You are listening to the voice of Ahlus Sunnah Wal Jama'ah. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back. Well, um, if you want to give us a call or share your views, I'm always told, tell them to call. Tell them to call. Encourage people to call. Please call. 10 That's our telephone number. Come on. Don't you want to get on the show? Haven't you got some views about the economy? Don't you think ESCOM stinks um, because the desulfurization equipment isn't working. They've just got a new loan from the uh, from the New Development Bank today. If you want to share your views on this or anything else for that matter, anything business-related, give us a WhatsApp message on 084-786-3132. The telephone number, 10 or 084-786-3132. Yeah, come on, share your views. This is an open format. I'm uh, very, very happy to have guests on my show, and I'm never rude to my guests. Yeah, so the development bank set up by BRICS has approved around about 790 million rands. uh, Oh, I wish 790 million rands. 790 million dollars of loans for three projects in South Africa. Uh, Sul Ramaphosa, the president, has promised a 69 billion rands uh, bailout for ESCOM over the next three years. But the cash-strapped utility is still hunting for more money to shore up its finances. Uh, Sul said the new development bank, uh, set up uh, in 2014 by ourselves, Brazil, Russia, India and China, said that around 400, <coughs> 480... <coughs> excuse me. $480 million of the new funding was for ESCOM's Madupi power plant project in the north of the country. Now, this is a travesty of justice, and I'm determined to get Patrick Bond, Professor Patrick Bond, onto the show because I know that he's got very strong views about this. You see, in uh, 2010, we got, I think it was a $3.8 billion loan, $3.8 billion loan from uh, the World Bank. Now, apparently, there were absolutely no financial um, grounds for issuing the loan, other than entrapping the South African economy, uh, from my point of view, that is. They didn't do any due diligences or anything like that. They just gave the money. Uh, Patrick Bond says this, this is an odious debt, and it should not be repaid, because uh, th- this was an irresponsible lender rather than an irresponsible borrower. So in actual fact, what we should do, we should do a U.S. on the World Bank, and that is say we're keeping this money for our friends. 
Uh, yeah, there's America feels free to do that. We should also be doing this. It's called lawfare. It's not warfare. It's lawfare. We should take them to court and tell them that this loan will not be repaid. Thank you very much. It's very nice. Um, a lot of uh, government politicians, mistresses, appreciated it greatly. Thank you very much. And we were a responsible country. We ensured that our mistresses spent their money inside South Africa and didn't go to Switzerland. Mm. Yeah, so uh, now you see the reason why it's outrageous that uh, Madupi has got this money is because uh, it's going to be used to, to, uh, for desulfurization equipment at Madupi. Now you see that $3.8 billion loan from the World Bank was exactly for that as well. That was why that loan was made. It was to make Madupi a green coal Fired power station, if that is not an oxymoron, I don't know. Well done, Elamine. Yeah, Madupi was going to be a clean coal-fired power station because it had got this loan from the World Bank to ensure that its carbon emissions and all of the dirty um, greenhouse gases would be scrubbed out of its smoke before it belched forth into the faces of South African consumers. And now we've got another loan to do exactly the same thing. And uh, like, you know, a few short months after it had been given the loan by the World Bank, uh, uh, ESCOM uh, started applying for all sorts of exemptions. And it was granted those exemptions. So it was given all this money to keep its smoke clean. And then it immediately applied to the government for exemptions. It was granted those exemptions. And so instead of using the money to provide us with clean air, it immediately applied for exemptions so it could provide us with dirty air. And now after providing us with dirty air, now it's gone around to the, to the BRICS bank and it's saying, uh, okay, we need money for desulfurization equipment. Um, no, I have no doubt, uh, having spoken to some engineers who work at Madupi, that it is desperately in need of the desulfurization equipment, but I have very strong doubts that the money will actually be spent on that said equipment. I mean, you know, fool me once, shame on me, fool me twice, shame on you. No, wrong, I mean, now you're doing a George W. Bush on the country. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. That's how it's supposed to go. Now, come on, come on. One, 50 times bitten. Uh, 100 times shy. Yeah, I think that's how it should go. Yeah. So uh, now we're applying for another loan for desulfurization equipment. That is really, really, it is egregious, I think. Johnson & Johnson's baby shampoo samples have failed quality tests conducted by the northwestern Indian state of Rajasthan. That's according to a public notice from the state's drugs watchdog findings that were rejected, of course, by Johnson's and Johnson's. Johnson's and Johnson's has said, this is ridiculous. We don't do these kinds of things. We've got the finest um, uh, internal controls that any company could have, quality controls, and we've got all kinds of tests and things, and we reject this, especially because it's coming from India. My word, we always, our authorities are always going to be. You see, America, America has always been hit over the head because none of its products are able to pass European standards, you see. Uh, Europeans have got very, very high standards. 
um, you know, in some things. When it comes to themselves, Europeans have high standards. When it comes to other people, Europeans don't give a damn. But, you know, when it comes to smearing a little bit of Vaseline on a sensitive spot on the body, they want to be sure that it's the finest Vaseline with the nicest things inside it. They don't want anything nasty. And so the, the United States, the FDA, you know, they wouldn't put anything. Oxycontin, remember that thing, kids flying planes, planes into buildings, uh, going on shooting sprees and all these things just because they don't want pimples on their faces. And the American FDA said, yes, the Food and Drug Administration, yes. Yes, no, you can do that. And, you know, anyone that comes along, hey, we need to create jobs, man. Yeah, you can do that, man. Uh, yeah, we need to, uh, we, we need this for uh, greenhouse gases. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. You can do that. You can do that. You can do that. Then when all these products are landed in the European Union, European Union says, no, we cannot sell these products in the European Union. So, you know, America then has to kind of like take out its frustrations on China and India. And so now India has turned around and did uh, an, uh, an, an American non-America. And Johnson's and Johnson's is outraged. This follows a story on Reuters uh, recently saying that Johnson's and Johnson's baby powder contains asbestos dust. Yeah, a terrible story. And it would appear that Reuters is still standing by a story. Johnson's and Johnson's and said that it's nonsense and they don't have any asbestos dust in their, um, in their talcum powder. And, um, now Rajasthan uh, has uh, its drugs control organization has issued a letter saying that the two that it had tested two batches then they had failed the quality test as they contained harmful ingredients this is the baby shampoo yeah so Johnson's and Johnson said that the results it received from the watchdog indicated that formaldehyde had been discovered in the samples formaldehyde used in making building materials is a known carcinogen so they said uh, that there is no formaldehyde. There's no, no ways that any of our ingredients can form formaldehyde in a later stage. It is just simply impossible. But whether or not this is just a red herring, I don't know. <clears throat> because uh, I don't see anything in the, the news story saying anything about Rajasthan saying, mentioning the word formaldehyde. And... Uh, and they say that uh, they contain harmful ingredients, identification positive for maldehyde, she told Reuters. We unequivocally maintain, said J&J, that our products are safe and our insurance process is among the most rigorous in the world. Adding that the company has contested the interim tested results of the government analysis that were based on unknown and unspecified methods. So they're unknown and unspecified to Johnson & Johnson and so forth. Therefore, they must be rejected because they come from India. Basically, that's what J&J is doing. However, I must say I do owe a considerable debt to Johnson & Johnson uh, because a few years ago I was making popcorn. And, uh, well, I put the popcorn pot on the stove. I turned the stove up, uh, put oil into the pot and put a lid on the pot. Never, ever, 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 ever do that. Never, ever, 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 ever put a pot on a lid and on Put, never put a lid on a pot of rapidly heating oil because uh, what will happen, uh, you'll take the lid off the pot, uh, you'll take the pot in the one hand, you'll take the, the handle of the pot in the one hand and you'll, with the other hand you'll take the lid off. And as soon as you take the lid off, uh, a whole lot of uh, air rushes into the pot and uh, that causes uh, water vapor because of high temperature. The water vapor mixes with the oil and boom! 
the oil explodes, which it did. The oil exploded and came down on top of my hand. And suddenly I was running around my room with my hand above my above my head like some kind of uh, Muslim uh, Statue of Liberty, uh, looking for somewhere to 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 put to, to put the fire out. <laughs> it's terrible, you know. Uh, uh, what do you do? You set your whole room alight, or 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 or, or, or get rid of the pain? Um, I rushed across to the sink. I couldn't put my hand in the sink because, well, you know, I was a bachelor. You know, the sink was full of dishes. Uh, I, 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 I put the, the, the burning pot on the middle of the floor. Uh, thankfully, uh, it was a concrete floor. Uh, no, not a concrete floor. What do you call it? An enamel tile floor. Uh, put it down there. And uh, and uh, my, my hand is still burning. Uh, flaming, uh, I mean, Statue of Liberty Templeton rips open the fridge door. I took out the jug of ice water, which I always have in the jug door, and whew, extinguished the flames. Then I had to drive myself all the way from Lanasia to uh, Chris Hani Baragwanath. And I'm glad I did, uh, because Chris Hani Baragwanath's burn unity is like one of the best in the country. Maybe among the best in the world, in fact, because if you consider some of the cases that come smashing through the burn room, burn units doors on a Friday and Saturday night, boy, believe me, you want to see a cross-section of love gone wrong in Soweto. Oh, wow, man, the cases there, they will, they, they will chill your blood. They will, they, they, will, they will turn your marrow in your bones to dust. Uh, and like the stories of bravery and uh, and compassion also, they come out of these circumstances. It really was. I was privileged in many ways to actually be there. Um, I was a walking patient. I always like walking patients in the Burns unit because, you know, other patients need help and so on. Oh, I could tell you a whole story about that. But that burn unit was sponsored by Johnson & Johnson. So Johnson & Johnson, I know I've given you a kick in the sensitive bits today. But uh, nevertheless, I do acknowledge that, uh, well, in actual fact, Johnson & Johnson doesn't exist, remember. And I mean, there's no such thing as Johnson & Johnson. It's just a, a, legal, a legal, well, alhamdulillah, ya Allah, Allah provided me, put me into that burn unit and... Uh, my hand, perfectly, perfectly, uh, I had second and third degree burns all over my hand. Uh, in fact, the, the skin on the whole hand, the upper layer, the epidermis was completely burnt away. Uh, and you wouldn't be able to say that, look at my hand today, that I'd ever been there. There's some few like paint, faint patches on some of the knuckles, but you wouldn't know that. You wouldn't notice it. They did a fantastic job, I must say. The Krasani Baragwanath burn unit, alhamdulillah. Yeah, man, what a time that was. Sure, Ooh, what a time that was. Yeah, U.S. Airlines uh, were back in operation today after a series of system-wide outages delayed flights and fired up customer complaints on social media. The Federal Aviation Administration said the problem was caused by the Aerodata Airplane Planning Weight and Balance Program. Hmm, kind of like makes you wonder. I wonder, is, uh, is uh, cybersecurity um, <clears throat> warfare now being waged against the United States? It wants to up the ante uh, there in Venezuela. There's a big brother friend coming along and uh, knocking out the airlines in the United States. Suddenly planes are not able to take off off the tarmac. Sounds like kind of like a Chinese intervention there. I think the Russian would kind of like tend to take them out while they were in the air. Uh, the Chinese uh, take the planes out while they're on the ground. I wonder. Um, mm, 
No, nonsense, Salameen. Stop speaking nonsense. This is a business show. There's no time for this kind of nonsense in a business show. Yeah, but I mean, come on. Look at the timing of that ESCOM blackout after the Sona address. Cyril Ramaphosa going, yeah, don't worry, we've got ESCOM back on track. The lights go out all over the country. Um, Now, you see, I've I've got a brother who's uh, like, you know, uh, six foot four. He's like 120 kilograms. He's a former Springbok water polo player. And uh, when he wants to get mean and nasty, he can get very mean and nasty. And my brother came around to me and he said to me, don't you think it's time we started taking out some people? (laughs) Don't you think it's time we started taking out some people? I mean, really. I mean, that was a message to the president. That was a message to the country. When someone sends you a message like, hey, don't just sit back. You go and you kick some butt. Yeah, and I I was uh, in an agreeable mood to that kind of sentiment, I must admit. Um, But maybe we'd be taking out the wrong guys. Um, We kind of like uh, agreed over tea that uh, uh, it would would be a good thing perhaps if we took the whole ESCOM board and we put them against the wall. But then, you know, under consideration, that was an unfair thing because the new ESCOM board has only just come in. They're trying to fix all the problems, yeah. (laughs) I mean, that would be a travesty on its own, wouldn't it? Um, And plus, now, if this is cybersecurity being waged by the United States against ESCOM, and the South African population. Um, no, 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 this is, I really, I don't know. I, my, my mind is really going off on all kinds of tangents today. Um, cyber, secure, cyber terrorism. The timing of that ESCOM blackout. I mean, you know, you've got people, you've got, uh, I mean, you know, South Africa is a home of conspiracy theories, you know, all the way through apartheid. So there was always all kinds, you know, the communists were doing things, the British were doing things, the Americans were doing things. Everyone is doing things. Of course, Mossad is still doing things. Um, <clears throat> so, of course, you know, South Africa was a hotbed of, of conspiracy theories uh, about everything. Um, and, you know, even the government hasn't been above uh, investigating, at the very least investigating conspiracy theories. The theory, uh, conspiracy theory doing the circles in government is that in actual fact it was disgruntled workers who are upset at the notion that uh, ESCOM is about to be unbundled into three separate divisions, uh, transmission generation and um, transmission generation and uh, distribution. Yeah. So uh, the workers, so, so the government's investigating as to not whether or not it was the trade unions, but um, maybe they should be investigating other cyber security issues uh, around ESCOM and the ways in which they can protect ESCOM from cyber security warfare. Uh, that would uh, do a lot to um, building confidence in the parastatal and in the government. Uh, yeah, but uh, you know, d- d- don't be uh, surprised if uh, AMCO's uh, boss, Tunjua, is suddenly like, pulled off uh, and accused of all kinds of things. Mm. It's a strange world we live in, you know, um, uh, where governments and uh, respected institutions uh, come up with crazy theories, like Juan Guaido is now the president of Venezuela, according to the Trump administration. I mean, really, really how, how can American democracy elect a president of another country? Uh, you, know, you, know, you know, well, yeah. Uh, Maybe, maybe that 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 ESCOM, that that, that Moody's reprieve on Friday. See, we boosted the the Turkish dollar. See how strong the South African economy is getting. It's amazing. Renault has alerted French prosecutors after uncovering suspect payments to a Renault Nissan business partner in Oman under former chief executive Carlos Ghosn. Two sources told Reuters today. 
Um, Carlos Ghosn, of course, uh, he heralds from Lebanon. He was a very big hero there when he was arrested by the Japanese last year, I think in October. The country was devastated, almost went into mourning. Uh, but uh, now Reno, and, and you know, that, uh, that sparked all kinds of uh, wanderings in people's heads, including my own, as to whether or not, in actual fact, Nissan has decided to pull out of this deal with Reno that maybe it's caught the short end of the business partnership stick. And uh, they decided they want to go alone, but uh, um, in the, I very much doubt that that is the case now after kind of like seeing uh, Renault's kind of like measured responses in the, in the, the, to the whole issue, uh, to the statements that they made in the results uh, last month, I think it was. Um, and now mm, it seems like Carlos uh, is going to be spending a long time uh, in Japanese jails. Japan, as I said on, on, on an earlier show, likes to, uh, believes in, uh, you know, shoring up confidence in government. They seem to have a policy of, uh, if, uh, if you've charged with a crime, that means you're guilty. And you, you're guilty and you prove, until you prove yourself innocent. Uh, and like, you know, you, you see what a hard time. This is the head of a multinational corporation, a huge big multinational corporation. He's a multimillionaire at the very least in his own right. And he couldn't get out of jail, out of awaiting trial, uh, for like a good two months. In fact, I'm not too sure if they've actually released him because when they released him, they went and brought hold of new charges against him. And now it appears there may be even more coming against uh, that unlucky Carlos Ghosn, who uh, used to hold the world in his thrall. Remember, guys, he had those like really um, uh, outsized eyebrows, you know, it would look good on a Dracula. Um, you know, the guy looks at you with those kind of like piercing eyes and, you know, you can see the whole of the iris is surrounded completely by white, you know, with those like, eyebrows arching up above his eyes. Um well, Carlos Ghosn won't be holding the world in his thrall anymore. He's now just another awaiting trial prisoner like there about, I think it's about 155,000 awaiting trial prisoners in South Africa's prisons. And over half of them are there because they can't afford the bail. You see, if they had money in their pocket, they'd be home. But they're not at home because they can't afford the bail. So, yeah, you know, so that translates into an inefficient uh, ju judicial justice system here in South Africa. Uh, in Japan, they've got Carlos going because they know they've got Carlos going. They're not letting him go. Uh, the Renault investigation established a company paid out millions of euros described as dealer incentives to Omani distributor Suhail Bawan automobiles over a five-year period. Nissan previously established its own regional subsidiary and made questionable payments of more than $30 million to SBA. Uh, evidence sent to French prosecutors last week shows that much of the cash was subsequently channeled to a Lebanese company uh, controlled by Goan Associates, according to two sources. The total sum paid out by Renault is in the double-digit millions, one said. Mm. Renault had no immediate comment. Spokesperson Frédéric Teshir said the French Financial Prosecutor's Office did not respond to a request for comment. SBA could not be reached for comment. Goins French lawyer and a U.S.-based spokesperson did not immediately respond to requests for comment. Well, now, the United States is having a really hard time. Uh, figures out of the United States today show that uh, U.S. retail sales fell unexpectedly in February. The latest sign economic growth has shifted into low gear as stimulus from a $1.5 in tax cuts and increased government spending fades. 
Right, and and this is also on the top of a five and a half trillion dollars worth of quantitative easing that they pumped into the economy, and that was on top of a one point three trillion dollars worth of top funds that Obama gave to the banks uh, shortly after the credit crunch set in, and that was after one point three trillion dollars worth of easy loans given to homeowners in the American economy. And that was after the um, dot-com phenomenon uh, trying to attract money into the American economy with lies that all of these like funny little digital guys with pimples on their faces are going to make money. They've never made money before. And, you know, Standard & Poor's and all of them signing off these, uh, these uh, prospectuses going to, the, going to the stock exchanges. Ah, so so the, the, and and before that, you had the Alan Greenspan the easy easy finance years, uh, where Alan Greenspan reduced the interest rate to zero percent. That's currently on two point seven five percent in the United States, and uh, despite all of that, in February the United States only put on twenty thousand more jobs. Uh, retail sales. Foul, and that uh, and that was despite the 1.5 trillion in tax cuts and increased government spending. Now all of, all of those, the Americans have spent all of that money, all of that money that I've mentioned. Now they spent it all, um, and half of it goes on trans fats in their food. No, no, that's been mean and nasty. You do get some skinny Americans. Most of them. Um, oh well. Anyway. The weak report from the Commerce Department today joined a raft of other soft data, including housing starts and manufacturing production, that have left economists anticipating a sharp slowdown in growth in the first quarter. The loss of economic momentum also reflects higher interest rates. What? You know, you know sometimes these business um, publications can speak utter nonsense. Reflects higher interest rates. Slowing, <clears throat> yeah, higher interest rates in the rest of the world, you could say. Slowing global growth, Washington's trade war with China, and uncertainty over Britain's departure from the European Union. The last two factors, oh boy, I could go on to them, I'm not going to. These contributed to the Federal Reserve's decision last month to abruptly end its three-year campaign to tighten monetary policy. Yeah, the, the, the U.S. Fed had announced it was going to go on a three-year campaign. Last year, it announced it again on a three-year tightening cycle. You know, one year into its three-year cycle, it says, oh, sorry, we can't afford to do this. Uh, so they said, you know, there's zero chance of any interest rate increases for, over the next year before December 31. Uh, when a Reserve Bank governor says zero chance, boy, that really does say something about the underlying economy. Um, and uh, nevertheless, America is spending all of its money on all these wars across the world. Where does it get that money from? It's stolen. The money is stolen. The, 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 the dollar is the biggest fraud in the international markets at the moment. And uh, yeah, on Friday, President Trump, President Trump was saying that in actual fact, uh, the U.S. Fed needs to lower interest rates, needs to start lowering interest rates. That's how weak the American economy is. After, what, are, what is that, six, seven, eight, there's uh, over 10 trillion rands worth of funny money of scams that America has been living off uh, since the Ellen Greenspan years. Over 10 trillion dollars worth of scams that they've been pumping into the economy and saying, no, we must have World Trade Organization rules to ensure that everything is free and fair. Nonsense, isn't it? 
Jazakumullah for joining us. I make dua that whatever trading activity you got up to today has been profitable and above all halal. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You are listening to the voice of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah.